Well, good morning. Happy New Year. And uh, welcome back to some of our snowbird friends. So glad that y'all are here with us this morning, kicking off this new year. Now, if you were here with us last week, you heard our wonderful friend Andy Butcher. And um, you're going to have to get used to listening to the guy with the accent now. Um, Andy's from England, and he always says that I'm the one with the accent, not him, and that we're the ones with the accent, not him. And so um, hopefully you can adapt to, to this twang that you hear in my voice here this morning. But we had a great week um, of rest. Um, we were gone for a week, but came home, and um, it was a wonderful time to get back home. And I'll tell you, as we continue to um, live here longer and longer, um, every time we cross that bridge coming down 331, it feels more and more like home, and we're so grateful to be here. And so a few days ago, we didn't just start this new year, but we started this new decade. And I think it's interesting for us because there's something about this new start of the year that is just so refreshing to me. I don't know if it is to you, but there's something about that clean slate that just sets us free to say, okay, we get a new start. And over these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about this series, this idea of brand new, right? It's not just a brand new year, but it's this brand new decade We get the clean slate and we feel like that we get to start fresh and we feel good about new beginnings, right? I think most of you feel good that you already have perfect attendance in church this year. Doesn't that feel good? And we just feel like, all right, it's the fresh start. It's this new way. We're going to get it. And we want to be better. So we make lists, we plan, we buy planners, we download new apps, and it's all in this effort to become better, more productive people. Maybe it's as a parent, maybe it's as a spouse, maybe it's as a boss, maybe it's an employee at work, but whatever it is, maybe it's more travel, maybe it's more, 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 whatever it is, we want to experience new, we want to reboot, and we want to start fresh. And so as we begin this brand new year, we look ahead. Now, what I wanted to do today was take a few minutes to encourage you to plan and to take that serious, but I wanted to give you just kind of three quick ways that I think we can do a better job of starting fresh. And so much of it is that there's this sense that when we start fresh from ourself, it's all about what I want to do, what I need to do, how I can do it better. But I think when we really become followers of Jesus and we take this way of following Jesus seriously, it changes the way we look at blank slates. It changes the way we look at resolutions. It changes the way we look at fresh starts and new beginnings. And so to kind of root us in that before I get into my three things that I think are going to be helpful for you as you begin this new decade, is that we'd look at this passage of scripture together that's in Ephesians chapter 4. And it starts off in chapter chapter 4, verse 17. And what you have here is you have Paul who's writing to this church, this church in Ephesus, these group of people, and he's talking to them because they have become Christians And for many of them, they'd experienced this radical conversion. They used to live one way, and now they're living this new way, and they're sort of drifting back into their old ways. And there's this sense that when we drift back into our old ways, it becomes a bit of a challenge for us to continue focusing forward on this way that Jesus has for us. And there's this sense that he gives them where he says, okay, you knew your old way, But now you have to come to this new way. And he knows that there's always this pull back to the old way. And so as he's talking to him, he says, okay, he says, so I tell you this in verse 17, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. And one of the things that I think is the futility of their thinking is one of the things that is the futility of our thinking is that we have to and that we're better to go through life alone. And when we say that, like we know that's not true, 
But there's this pull that keeps kind of pushing us back to that. This sense that my way's best, that I don't need to hear from other people, that my way is going to be better. And if I just go with what I feel all the time, that's going to be the best. But Paul says, and we know, that that's not always the best. And he goes on and he kind of makes a case that this is not a very good way to live. And in verse 18, he says, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now, this imagery, this hardening of the heart, I think is really helpful for us as we begin this new year. And as we begin this new season, as we begin this brand new decade, and as we start down this path, there's this question that I think we can wrestle with ourselves is like, what is the condition of our heart? Do we feel like we have this hard heart that says, you know what, I'm not really open to change. I'm not really open to new things. I'm not really open to what God would have for me in this season. And that every idea, every advice, every new thing that comes at me, my heart is so hard, then when it hits it, it just bounces right off. And I'm just going to keep being me in my own flesh, in my own way, the way that I want to do it. Or do we soften our hearts? And do we get to this place where we can receive what God is giving to us? And so then in verse 19, he continues, he says, having lost all sensitivity, right? The sense that it's so hard that you don't even feel it. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, he says, is not the way of life that you learn says, you've learned a better way. What you have heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new, or I'd say brand new, in the attitudes of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness." There's this sense that this old way was all about me and what I wanted. And this new way is all about obedience to God who calls me into service of others. There's this old way that says, I want to get what I want right now. And there's this new way that says we step in with the fruit of the Spirit of our lives, with love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, with gentleness, with goodness, with self-control. And we move forward in this new way, releasing control of our hardened hearts and opening ourselves up to the leading and to the movement of God over us. So we shift from being led by our old self to our new self. And so as we think about that, there's really three things that I want you to see this year as you begin, as you begin thinking about how you're going to start this new year. And the first one is this, as we go from old self to new self that we would shift the way we think about what we want to happen in 2020 from what I want to what God wants. And that's hard because so often there's this tendency to just go back to what I want. That's our default mode, isn't it? And in Joshua, I love at the end of his, his Joshua getting ready to lead him into the promised land, he's getting ready to begin this process. And he says, okay, this is, this is the fresh start. Like this is the new place. And he's about to lead these people into a new reality into a new place. And as he's sitting there with him, he says, you have got to make this decision. 
And he says, you've got to figure out what's going to happen with you. And he goes on in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And he says, essentially, today we must choose whom we're going to serve. Is it going to be myself or is it going to be God? Am I going to serve myself or am I going to submit myself, soften my heart and open myself up to this way of Jesus to go forth and to not just make it about what I want, but about what God would want for me? Now, over this break, um, my family had a great little trip, and my brother lives in Cincinnati. And I know for many of you, when you think about Cincinnati, you think about skiing, don't you? And um, we were up there, and there's this tiny little ski resort right on the river there, and we thought um, we wanted to go because for my 40th birthday, my wife um, has got us going on a big skiing trip. I've loved skiing. I used to live in a ski town. I was a ski bum for a little while in Colorado. And um, as we were preparing for this, I thought, you know, it's going to be a lot for us all to just go up to Colorado for the first time. Our kids are pretty little. They've never skied. I was like, we're going to be near my brother. Maybe we should just take like a quick practice run at a place that's much, much less expensive. And she was like, all right, let's do that. So we go. And um, one of my jobs was to kind of keep the two littlest together. So you see this picture up here. This is my little guy, Owen, and this is my niece, Ellie, on the other side, Okay. And so they're at the bottom of this hill, and they go through this little bit of ski school, and the guy's like, okay, what you got to learn is how to turn and how to stop. And Owen's like, got it. And so he goes through all of his practices, and he gets done with it, and he comes up to me, and he's like, all right, Dad, I got it. Let's go. Let's ski. And I was like, all right, buddy, sounds good. And the ski instructor's like, yeah, he's got it. He's pretty good, so you can just take him on this lift. So he'd started on the little kind of baby one, this little magic carpet thing, and he's like, I think he's good enough to go get on the chair, so you can take him up. So I was like, awesome, let's go. So we go, and we get on the chair, and we're riding up the chair, and I'm like, all right, oh, tell me how you turn. Tell me how you stop. You know, what's this like? What did he teach you? And so he's kind of explaining all this stuff to me. If you've ever skied, he's like, all right, got to make a piece of pizza, and I got to do this, and this is how I'm going to stop, and I got it all together, and I was like, great, buddy. Like, you are so good at this, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good at turning, I'm good at stopping, it's going to be awesome, and so we get up to the top of the lift, and we, we get off, and he kind of turns around, and I'm like, all right, you sure you're ready for this, and he's like, got it, and he doesn't have these poles, and so he starts pushing with his feet, and he just kind of tips over the edge, and he's just like, boom, locks in, does not turn once, does not stop once, and just flies straight to the bottom, and I was like, bro, like that was really impressive. But like, you're going to hurt somebody. You're going to hurt yourself. Like you've got to figure out how to turn and how to stop. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to do that one time. I was like, awesome. So we get back on the lift, right? We're riding up. How do you turn? How do you stop? How do you do this? We get off the thing. And before I'm even off, he's turned around, boom, straight down the hill. And we get back on the lift. And I'm like, buddy, you, you're going to have to go back to the little hill because you're going to really hurt somebody, right? And we just do this thing. And it's like every time he got to the top of that hill, everything he knew, everything that he had been taught didn't matter anymore because this is where he was going. And I think that's us, right? Like there's this sense, we gather in here and we're like, all right, this year's going to be different. Today's going to be different. I'm going to live a little different. And we walk out and we get in the car and everything's just as annoying as it was before. And we default right back, right? And we go through the week and we push through it and we get to this new place and, and we say, all right, we're coming back church Sunday. We're going to do it. This is going to be the day. We get it and we go back outside and boom, like there we are again. And we just lock in and we go straight back. But I think what gets us out of that rhythm and out of that routine is eventually I had to get in front of Owen <laughs> and ski, and every time he tried to pass me, I'd kind of knock him down in the nicest parenting way, of course, that I possibly could. <laughs> I'd say, you got to turn. You're going to hurt somebody. But I think what knocks us down in life and what keeps us from drifting back to that old self of way of just straight ahead, however we want to do it, is that we root ourselves in God's word. And we allow God's word to sharpen us and to correct us and to shape us. 
And as you begin this new year, if you want to say, you know what, I don't want it to be all about me, but I want it to be about this way of Jesus, the first place that you got to root yourself in is God's Word. And if you're new to Scripture and maybe you've gotten out of that habit, no, there's Bibles out in the lobby. You can always grab one and take them home. They are free. They're already paid for by the tithes and offerings that come in. So just take them. They're wonderful. They're yours. You've already paid for them. But then on the other side of that, right, we have to say, okay, so what do we do with it? And if you're brand new to Scripture and you're getting ready to start fresh, I would just challenge you to jump into the book of Mark and that you would just start there. And there's a simple little acronym that I love to use when reading the Scripture, and it's called SOAP, okay? And it's a little acronym, S-O-A-P, and it starts with this, S, Scripture. And it means, okay, we've got to have a reading plan, so we've got a reading plan. We're going to read through Mark, and we're going to read a chapter a day. And when we get in there, we're just going to grab a little piece of paper and we're going to make some observations, right? S, Scripture, O, observation. And we just read that and we just just write down, just jot some notes about what jumps out to us. And then we get to A and we say it's application, right? Because we don't want to just read for information, but we want to read for transformation because we want to live differently in light of what the Scripture calls us to do. So we read the Scripture We jot down some observations. We say, okay, what is an application? How can I actually live differently in light of this truth? And then P is we pray. And we pray for God's spirit to empower us to be able to go forth and to live in this brand new way of Jesus that pursues not everything that I want, but what Jesus would have for me. So the second thing we ask ourselves, number one, is what I want versus what God wants. The second thing is we talk about this move from old self to new self is we look at the difference between goals that say what I accomplish and goals that challenge us to say what am I becoming. Because for so many of us, it becomes about the outcome. And we get so fixated on the outcome that we give up so much of who we are in the process. And as we look at that, right, I I was going to tell you a story, but I think we've all heard the story over and over and seen the story over and over, right, of somebody who says, okay, this year I'm going to make this much money and this is how it's going to go and this is what's going to happen. And you get so fixated on that goal that we kind of give up our spiritual lives, we give up our family, we give up our relationships because we get so fixated on this one singular thing that we start to miss the greater purpose of what God is teaching us as we go through these things. And a minute ago I read to you the, the fruit of the Spirit. And I think as we look at who we're becoming, that's who we want to become, right? People who are loving, people who are joyful, people who are peaceful, people who are patient, people who are kind, people who are gentle. And so when we say that and we get into these situations where we feel ourselves drifting back to the old self, where we feel like that we're not turning, we feel like we're not stopping at any place in life, and we're just going full speed ahead on what I want, when I want, that some really helpful questions centered around that fruit of the Spirit is to just ask ourselves, if I want to be more patient, to say, what would a patient person do here? What would a kind person do here? What would a loving spouse do here? What would a gentle, graceful parent do in this situation? And we begin to frame ourselves around those questions. And for some of you, you know, you can go down that positive route. For some of you, you need to live in the negative route. You can just ask yourself and say, okay, what would a complete jerk do right here? And then don't do that. Right? You say, what would a really impatient person do right now? And then don't do that. What would a really unkind person do in this situation? And then don't do that. And then we begin to try to live into this way, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go forth and to be who God wants us to be. So number three, old self to new self, as we look at this new year, that we would ask ourselves, not what can I get, but what can I give? 
and that we would make some real serious resolutions, that we would make some real serious goals for this year, that we would be really, really intentional, not just about the things we want to accomplish, not just about the things we want to earn and get, but that we would be just as intentional about what we give. And for some of us, maybe that's really practical of just like making a number on a piece of paper and saying, you know what, this year I want to give this percentage of my income. I want to give this much money away. You want to put a number on it, a percentage on it, and that we would be just as serious about what we want to give is what we want to get. And that we would be that generous with our time too. And we would look around and say, okay, I'll give you two big kind of umbrellas to think about how we can give of our time. One is I think within the church. And then we can look at that and say, okay, if this is my people, if this is my community, if this is my church, this is my home, and I want us to be everything we can be for this community, then what does it look like for me to give of myself through my local church? And maybe that's a monetary thing, but also that's a self thing, right? And to say, okay, I want to serve, and I'm going to be a part of one of these groups, and I'm going to get involved in stuff, and not this coming Wednesday, but the next Wednesday night, we're going to have a class here that's just geared just for people who've said, you know what, I've been kind of on the edge of church for a while, and I want to take a step and get more involved. That's the place to be, and you'll see it in your bulletin. And for some of you, maybe that's the place to go. And then the other thing I'd say is, what does it look like for you to serve outside of the church? And to be just as intentional in that. And to say, okay, maybe there is a, and, and what I would challenge you to do is just as specific as you get maybe with some of your goals and resolutions for about what you want, that you'd be just that specific about what you want to give. And you'd say, maybe, you know what, it's just a person. And you'd say, there's this person in my office, there's this person in my kid's class, there's this person at church in our class, in our Sunday school, whatever. And then you'd say, you know what, I just feel like God is calling me to pour into that person this year. And I'm just going to bless them. And it may not be a whole year, but it just may be a couple months. But I'm going to make that decision and say, you know what? Love it or not, I'm just bringing dinner to your house. I'm going to be praying for you every day because you can't stop me from doing that. And I'm just going to high-five you and check on you every Sunday at church because I care about you. And then we would make that decision to do that. Maybe for some of you as a family, you want to do something a little, a little bigger, a little more um, adventurous. We got some teams that are going to Nicaragua this year. And for some of you, maybe you'd just say, you know what? This is the year then I'm going to go figure out what it means to be a part of international missions. And I'm going to go and figure out what it means to serve the church in a context and a culture that is completely different than mine. That I'm going to go down to South America and I'm going to encounter people who are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I just want to really get on the ground and see their struggles so that I can serve the global church in a better way. For some of you, you've heard a little bit about Lighthouse that happens down the road here in our community. And um, we've done so much with them, and we've wanted, I've been wanting for our church to be able to participate a little more with Lighthouse and to be able to get on more retreats, but I get it that it's kind of a hard thing to ask us to take a five-day vacation down the road at Sandestin, right, because a lot of you live there. And so it's a little tricky, but I think it's great that we go and do the dinners. I think it's great that we go and, t- and do a lot of different things with them, but I wanted some of us to be able to really get the whole experience, and so we've partnered with Lighthouse Ministries, and if you're unfamiliar with Lighthouse, what they do is they serve families who have children that are in the process of battling cancer. And so these are families who are just in the trenches of life right now, and they are battling with doctors and nurses and insurance companies and just all the challenges that come along with that. And what Lighthouse does is they create a space where those families can go free of charge and show up on one of these retreats and just be loved on by a group of people who have chosen to come and serve them during that week. And so what we've worked out with Lighthouse is they're going to actually do a retreat this summer, but they're going to do it at the Outer Banks in North Carolina. 
And so that we could maybe get out of town and go and have a little fun and do that and serve those folks in that way. So we're going to be sending about 10 families on that retreat, and we have slots open for that. And so for some of you, you may say, okay, maybe that's what we want to do. We want to dive in and go and serve those families. Or we want to go down to South America. Or we want to find an organization in our community. Or we want to find a family that's in need. Or we want to find somebody. We want to come around those people. And we don't want to live in our old self that's all about me, but I want to live in my new self, in this way of Jesus that calls me to love and to serve and to give. And so this morning, we're going to close the service by taking communion together. And as we begin this year by taking this, this meal together, I hope it reminds us that we don't do this alone. That we don't go out and we don't serve in our own name, but we go out and we serve in the name of Jesus who has given his life for us. And so because of what we've been given, we go and give that. And so as we begin 2020 and as we begin this brand new year, this brand new decade, and if you're into those resolutions, I hope you take them dead serious, but I also hope that you take giving just as seriously. And that scripture that was read for us by Judy at the beginning, at the end of Galatians, he says, let us not grow weary in doing good, but that we would keep pressing on, that we would keep being God's people, we would keep being the church, and we would keep living generously and showing the grace that has been shown to us. Amen. You have been listening to sermon audio from Good News Church in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. We have Sunday services at 815, 930, and 11. If you're interested in finding more information on our church or ways to get further involved, visit goodnewschurch.life. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you soon.